Yo, what is up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from Other Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, we got episode 10 coming at you. It's titled Hog Wild on the Pitch, because tonight we got Arkansas soccer star B. Franklin joining us, man. It's soccer. First time this season to have soccer. I'm ready to get to it. I'm not coming to you, Jim. I'm not coming to you, Randy. I'm going straight to our guest with the biggest interview in podcasting this week. Our guest, Arkansas soccer star B. Franklin. B, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Super duper. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, absolutely. We are ready to get into soccer. It's been a while since we've also had a female athlete on. So, you know, bring, bring it down, have a little fun. It's usually more chill. And so with that, you know, speaking of chilling, if you're going to sit at home and watch a sports movie, what's your go-to sports movie? Um, I'm big into like hockey right now. So I've watched Miracle a couple of times recently. Daniel, how funny is that? What did I tell you? I watched it last week. I love it's it. O- overrated. What? what? It's a hot take right here. You heard it. I've said Jeez. it before. I'll say it again. That's overrated. So Here's the it. last question of the episode is going to be who your favorite host was. And now we know it's not Daniel. So it's now. <laughs> well, and it, here's, the, here's the interesting dynamic is Randy will tell you, B. Daniel's the one that actually goes to hockey games. But yet he says the hockey movie is overrated. You tell me how it makes sense what yeah i'm big into hockey because like seattle just got the kraken team so i'm trying to what a great game it, too but uh, i know randy. but they've been stinking like but randy wasn't that supposed to be our team when they that was supposed to be our team man we haven't been following that's the problem well it's because they're not very good and daniel lives yeah. in tampa where they win championships like that's, every year so he's uh, <laughs> sorry gotcha. I'm, I'm not gonna apologize for living here where teams are good <laughs> what's the tom brady effect as we call it no doubt. All right. I was I was here watching the Bucks when they couldn't get a first down. Stop playing. All right. So we got your favorite movie. Who was your favorite, uh, you know, famous athlete? Somebody, you know, could be growing up, could still be now. Who, who is it? The person that if somebody's going to be on TV, you want to watch them? Um, gosh, well, like I always liked watching Alex Morgan, just, you know, great female soccer player and stuff. But then, um like pretty basic answer too is like Kobe. I love basketball too. And he's just, he was that's insane. the right answer. I mean, Randy, yeah. Randy's ready to explode. That you said Kobe. <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. No, you can't, you definitely can't go wrong. So like I said, you're uh, one of our first of many soccer guests we're going to have this season. And we're already, you and Daniel are already off to a, a great start here with this <laughs> hockey thing. So it's only perfect to tell you that Daniel's not a soccer fan. And every time we have a soccer guest on, I try to give them a chance to give them a reason to convince him that why soccer is a great game and why he should appreciate it more. All right. Let, let me, let me correct you. <laughs> the, 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 see, it, it makes me sound terrible. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't appreciate any athlete that plays soccer. You just don't I, have the athleticism to do it yourself. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> I, uh, I'm better I'm kidding, with, my, I'm kidding. with my hand. No, you're right. I'm better with my hands than I am running and using my feet he was a baseball uh, pitcher so 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 here's my issue all right Mm -hmm. you could play a soccer game theoretically no not theoretically it's true 
Yeah. You can play a soccer game and, and run around and do all that and not score a single point, either team and tie. I, I don't get it. Like that's too much work and too much. There's too much hard work that goes into that. I would rather lose. I would rather lose than tie. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause that's like my brother played soccer and baseball growing up until like end of high school almost. And the reason why he stopped playing soccer and like focus more on baseball is because he hated that he couldn't have, that he could tie or like couldn't see stats or like have something to prove that like he did great compared to the other team or that he whooped them. Like even, like you can, like if people are watching soccer, you can say, okay, that team played better. But like you said, they tie, like that doesn't, you don't win. That doesn't mean as much, obviously, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just hard for me to grasp that. Says I want like a winner or loser. I, I like him. He, you know, baseball guy. High level beat. baseball guy. He's, he, he was drafted by the Braves. We'll, we'll get into all that. Tell but. Daniel why he should get more invested in soccer, though. Yeah, this is what we're you. going for. Yeah. I mean, it's an international sport. Like, it's pop. It's popular all over the world. Baseball is kind of focused in certain countries, a lot of U.S., obviously. But I think soccer can be super pretty and physical at the same time, which is really cool, especially, like, uh, at least with our team. We play really hard, and sometimes – like people think we're too aggressive, but they, then also like we have crazy cool goal highlights. So it's a little bit, bit uh, best of both worlds, you know. That's one of the things you, you uncovered to... it there because yeah, there's that's... really that Daniel's not tough enough to play soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they'll tell you that's one of the things that I've tried to explain to them because me and my daughter go to a lot of games, especially the SEC games, and I tell him that the physicality of you ladies is, I mean, it's unrivaled. It's scary I mean, it's sometimes. Like football, it's like a football game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean if. If there's not at least like two yellow cards, neither team's playing hard enough. Well, it's not the physicality that scares me. It's that running, man. Just like the running, so much running. Nobody's yeah. chasing me. Why am I running? Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've beat up on me enough. I, mean, I think we need to like turn the direction of the interview the way it's supposed to be. We got to talk about you, B. Okay. Um, okay. So let's, let's go to the beginning. Tell me where you're from. I'm from Seattle, Washington, uh, just like 15 minutes north of downtown Seattle. And I've lived there my whole life until college, obviously. Um, my is parents. Does it rain a lot in Seattle? I feel like it, it rain. Like, is that the the negative perception, or is it in fact actually just gloomy and and, and doom every day? Uh, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it definitely like I like to say like it mists all the time. Like it just downpoured here in Arkansas today where the streets were pretty much flooded. And that never happens in Seattle. But like it will be cloudy a lot of days until you get like the three months of the summer that are absolutely perfect because there's no humidity and it's like 85 degrees every day. All right. Before we move further, I was able to do a little bit of research and I found a, a podcast, The Hog Pod with Bo Mattingly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right, I, I listened to it was about 30 minutes long. It was good. Uh, but you talked about your family. So I want to I want to play this for you. And then I want to I want to dive into to a little bit of it. Tell me about your family. Like you did a little bit, but how you grew up, how you grew up, you know, like the people that have helped you get to where you are today and be the person that you are today. Mm -hmm. um, my love of sports is definitely from my parents, and my brother. So, I mean, you talk about your love of sports coming from basically your immediate family, your, your parents and your brother. Um, tell me about that. Obviously, your dad, Jesse Franklin, was the fourth 
three-year varsity letter winner in rowing at Washington. Um, he was inducted into the Husky Hall of Fame in 1999. Your brother Jesse, you know, drafted by Atlanta Braves. I mean, you know, big time like athletes in your family. Like when you contribute your your com competitiveness and your love for sports to them, um, what was it like growing up with them? It was really fun, honestly. Like my mom's super athletic too, even though she didn't necessarily compete like at a real high level of anything um but whenever we'd get together like with my immediate family or with like extended family we'd just play pickup games all the time it'd be either soccer tennis or basketball or whatever it was um but I think the main thing I got from like my parents and like to my with my brother too as I was growing up is uh just my dad like didn't let us quit anything because he he did make it like he did do some great things for rowing and he like almost made the Olympic team too but he was just he had a couple of regrets in his athletic career that he wanted to make sure that we never ran into either. So it's kind of annoying sometimes because like we'd get tired of things, but he wouldn't let us quit anything. Was, was there any un, you know, not unnecessary, but was there extra pressure put on you and your brother because your dad was, was an athlete and played at the college level and kind of knew what it, what it took to get there? Honestly, not really, because I don't think like rowing is considered that cool. <laughs> so I don't know. Anytime I watch, you know, like movies that are built around the like Ivy League, they make it look like you're the top dog on campus if you row. <laughs> yeah, I think but, my dad like to think that, but I don't think I don't think he was really considered like BMOC or anything. Big man how, on campus. <laughs> how, how hard is rowing? Like to me, it seems like it, it's extremely strenuous and extremely tough. Like, you, like not just anybody can go out there and just be a rower. Yeah. I mean, personally, I've never actually competed in like on a crew team or anything, but when I've, I've had the chance to talk to like the university of Washington head women's and men's coaches. And um, I mean, it seems like impossible. You have to give like max exertion for a decently long amount of time while also trying to have like this really particular technique of having your rowing, what's it, what's it called? Golly day like the paddle the <laughs> yeah the or and and you can see i don't really talk about rowing ever but randy like, this sounds worse than running bro i don't want to yeah. she said continuous like i'm out on once she too. said a lot of exertion i almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i don't know i mean people i was watching this this video that the university of washington head coach had and these girls were rowing just during a practice and like passing out because they were trying so hard and that's why I can't do it, B. I would if it wasn't for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, high-level athletes, you know, was – you were a soccer player, and now you're an elite soccer player, but was soccer the only sport that you played growing up, or did you play multiple sports? No, I played multiple, and I still, like, do for fun all the time with my roommates and stuff. But I played tennis and basketball um, in high school, too for my high school and that was really fun and I played I tried out for the lacrosse team my freshman year and I liked it but I didn't like that you had to wear goggles so I went for the co-ed tennis team instead with the cute little skirts um but same reason yeah, I played yeah <laughs> but I yeah I've played a bunch of different sports um on that same like hog pod I talked about skiing a lot my family's big snow skiers which actually was a little bit of a detriment to my brother because he got he broke his collarbone um, during his college baseball career. But yeah, I like doing all different types of sports. 
right now I'm really into tennis and whenever we have free time out of soccer. So we have a lot of athletes, baseball in particular, they come on here and they talk about how they play multiple, multiple sports and they always bring up basketball. Let me ask you this. Are, if someone threw you a basketball, could you still shoot it? Could you still hoop today? Oh, for sure. I was in the gym Saturday night. Oh, okay. A little mm-hmm. open gym action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all yeah, running full. Oh, running no. full. No, this that's what springs for springs for, but I'd probably get shot by my coaches if I was doing that right now. Daniel, all knows you missed an opportunity. She says she's been playing tennis. We had an Arkansas tennis player and we and he's still playing. Hunter Harrison, like, we need to set this match up like ASAP. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> is it is he that good? I mean, he's definitely way better than I am, but oh, you're not funny. giving yourself enough credit. You're not giving yourself enough credit. It's funny because we get to one of my roommates is dating an Arkansas tennis player. So we get to play on those courts a bunch. We get snuck on. And I, I may or may not have an Arkansas tennis racket that I get to whack the ball around with too. May or may not. Does, may does may that make, not. does that make a difference having an Arkansas tennis racket as opposed to like just a regular ball game? <laughs> oh yeah. It makes you play 10, 10 times better for sure. I, I need one of those. I need Arkansas. Yeah. Send one our way. I need yeah. Arkansas soccer ball, baseball. Mm-hmm. I need it all. Just just send it this way, and I'll I'll, I'll see how good I am. Perfect. Um, obviously, you know you 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 play. You know, as you're growing up, you play multiple sports. But you know, on the West Coast, is soccer more club driven as far as getting to the next level? Um, I know here in Florida, like every sport is is based on their club or their travel ball team and it really takes precedent over their actual school team to get them to the next level is soccer the same way on the west coast yes definitely now too excuse me um during my high school it was kind of annoying because that was when the development academy came out for girls or joined like allowed to have teams for girls um and one of their stipulations was that you couldn't play for your high school team as well so during my like sophomore, junior, senior year, I think it was that really messed up like what could have been like a really great and what like we still had great high school teams, but just like it split the, the pool of girls between like people that had to choose playing for their high school over people that wanted to play for their club. And like I get people's reasons for choosing both, but that was a big bummer because I personally loved playing for my high school team until I did. But we like lost a couple players each year because of that. Who, who did you play club ball for? um crossfire no in regards to like big time programs is that one of the bigger programs there Uh, yeah definitely in washington um i mean we have girls from our club going to practically all the d1 schools um like in the pac-12 not not like a million going to the acc or sec but definitely um expanding like i know there's a girl that's a freshman from or like out florida this year that's from crossfire that's a few years younger than i am and um a couple other girls from my team actually went or like a younger team on crossfire came to notre dame as well like after i was gone so here here's the the real question the big question this is always what you know our listeners ask us to ask especially when we're talking about someone like you who's growing up in a family of athletes they want to know in your prime, in your dad's prime, in your brother's prime, who is the best athlete? I mean, my dad has always said me, so I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go with that. So and this- yeah, besides the fact I can beat up my brother in practically every sport except 
<laughs> Except for baseball. I played catch with them during COVID a ton. I think I bruised my hand like every single day. Mm. You got to give him one. You let him. Yeah, have yeah. I'll let him have his sport, but the rest are mine. You can have that one. It's like a, it's like a little pity game. I, I get it. I got siblings. Mm-hmm. They always beat me up though, like not on sports, like physically beat me up. But we'll talk later about that. <laughs> so Gosh, so, you seem to have a lot of issues. <laughs> dude, girl, how, how much time do you have? I'm gonna tell you. Um, so be let's get down to the nitty gritty. You talked about growing up in the West Coast in Seattle. Where did you go to high school? I went to Seattle Prep, which was um, pretty close to the Chop Chaz area. I don't know if you guys remember that during COVID. No, yeah. do tell us the Chop Chaz. I've never even I've been to Seattle multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the autonomous zone. It's the capital oh, of autonomous oh, zone. No, kind yeah, of yeah. political. We don't have to talk about it, but I just didn't know. I was trying to put a little I got reference you. to location. I got yeah. you. No, I'm with you now. What's yeah. I, I gotta ask, what's the feeling around that in the Seattle area? Posit more positive or more negative or split? Um I mean I think I think parts of it might have been positive, but for me, I feel like, and a lot of people, it became negative because people were hurt because of it. Um, like there were at least two young boys that died because of gun violence during that time, which is really big bummer. So I'd yeah. say negative. Yeah. So Seattle prep doing, doing research on this. I noticed a lot of notable alumni mm-hmm. from Seattle prep. I mean, we're talking all the way from CEOs, governors, murderers you know whatever um, football players <laughs> <laughs> i mean we got we got that we won't no need that. to specific specify we're not specifying what they yeah do, but you know what i'm saying but what i do notice on here b we don't have your name on here yet and i'm going to work on that i'm going to submit that to wikipedia as the show ends but mm-hmm. uh to talk about that not just athletically but the academic prowess the seattle prep has i mean did go into that school not only athletically but academically did it prepare you for what you're going through when you went to college or later on in life Definitely. I mean, soccer-wise, I wouldn't have ended up at Notre Dame or um, Arkansas without going to Seattle Prep, and I really think that because I had the opportunity to play with um, like a bunch of great girls, but including one, Sam Hyatt, who played at Stanford and then now plays for um, OL Reign, and I think is still like in and out of national team pools too. And when I was a freshman, she was a senior, and I got to play defense with her, and that was just super formative. Um, but also I think it was just cool that like every sports team was competitive, mostly, um, our basketball team struggled sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I think Seattle prep prepared me so well for, or incredibly well for college, um, academically, it was really strong. Um, I think because it was a Jesuit school, I like that the main thing it taught us was just like how to, how to think properly and how to like really dive deeper into problems not necessarily specific ones that they like knew we were going to be asked later Ran- randy would you say our school anything. would you say our school taught us how to think properly because i don't think so critical thinking <laughs> was not on the top of our list <laughs> but yeah. so speaking you, you mentioned basketball but you, let's go through a couple things four-year letter winner in soccer three-year letter winner in basketball and tennis as well as a member of the national honor society and prep ambassador club you're very busy how did you find time to do all these things um i had no friends and no social life all right moving on (laughs) next question (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) but yeah um i just like being involved in as many things as possible and 
people give me energy and I want to be around as many people as possible too. So I love that answer. People give me energy. You know, I feel that sometimes. And also I feel like they're fun sponges sometimes. You got to pick the crowd <laughs> right, right? Yeah, definitely certain people. Absolutely. So let's run through some of these accolades. 2018, 2019, Washington State Gatorade Player of the Year, Seattle Times Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-State selection, 2015 Washington State champion, three-time Seattle Metro champion. Of all those things, shoot me straight here, B. What feels better, being a state champ or the Gatorade Player of the Year? Selfishly, I'm going Gatorade Player of the Year. I don't care about the team. For sure. Yeah, nah. selfishly, selfishly, honestly, my favorite thing is I get to walk into Seattle Prep Gym and see like my Gatorade Player of the Year poster, like right next to my brothers, and that feels. Oh, that's cool. awesome! Oh, that is. Did you yeah. got that on? Is that on the gram? Like y'all taking a selfie with it? No, I should. We gotta oh. go back. Yeah. You go. Like hey, the, when you do, tag like me in it because you're like, oh, my boy Randy <laughs> gave me an idea. Yeah, you, for sure, for sure. <laughs> all right. So, w- at what point do you start getting? recruited and and what all schools were you considering before you ended up choosing Notre Dame um well after my freshman year of soccer I joined the crossfire team because there were girls on my high school team that were playing for that one and I actually wanted to play basketball in college for a while um and I was playing for a club team um my freshman and sophomore year and so it wasn't until after my sophomore year that I'd really focused on soccer and started getting recruited um after doing like more or going to more showcase tournaments with my team and stuff like that. But I was looking at Notre Dame was definitely the biggest one that was off the, off the West coast, but I was also looking at Santa Clara and like the university of Washington at home and Harvard, because that was a, a big, for some reason we had a big connection there. I think our coach was friends or like had a good connection with the coach and a couple of our players from Crossfire went there too. Um, but I kind of both in my recruiting process out of high school and my transfer process, I kind of made decisions pretty quickly um, just in terms of the, like getting recruited or getting offers places and then like accepting them. I got to ask you B because being mm-hmm. a soccer player, you mentioned physicality a bunch of times when you were playing basketball, what kind of player are you? Are you like a scorer, a defender, a little bit of both two way player? Definitely more of a, a score, like a, not, not like I can kind of shoot outside. Um, but I was a, like a drive to the lane. Um, get down to the paint be like hitting them with the crossover leaving leaving dropping ankles snapping feet no nah, just a little pump fake send them flying and then oh, step through okay yeah okay. hey i'm gonna tell you randy i'm gonna take her right now over every baseball player who came on here and said they could play basketball b right we got a lot of dudes that come on here and db always ask them your baseball player can you hoop and almost all of them not every one of them because recently we've had some people tell the truth they all say they can hoop <laughs> mm-hmm. and we don't believe any of them but I do believe you be so you said that Notre Dame was the biggest one what made you ended up choosing Notre Dame was it just the fact that you had teammates going there was it the Catholic connection I mean what was the was it natural yeah Catholic was a big part of it um I'm part of a big Irish family I have a couple cousins that went to Notre Dame but honestly like coming out or like in high school it kind of checked all my boxes in terms of uh strong athletically strong academically um I was okay with the color green and I like schools that have unique mascots. And I also thought it was funny that I was going to a school that was a direct rival of my brother's school to Michigan. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. So Notre Dame obviously has all this prestige and movies about them and all that. So were you more yeah. nervous or excited when you got to campus? Definitely just excited. 
right? I mean, it seems like a natural progression. Just the research that I was doing on Seattle Preps, Notre Dame. I mean, that seems like a fit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were like a bunch of other people from my high school that were going there just as NARPs, um, but like non-athletic regular people. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna ask you what that. Yeah, okay. I was too. no okay. clue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, so you mean like uh like me, not not Daniel, because he actually did play some college ball. But mm-hmm. anyways, moving on from you, athletes. Us narcs <laughs> have questions to get to here, B. Mm-hmm. So did, while you're there, you obviously you're you're doing your thing playing soccer. Did you attend any football and baseball games? Yes, um, I went to baseball games for sure, and I went to some football games. That's kind of tricky during soccer season. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I got to go to the Clemson football game when we played. We played Clemson at home, yeah. and um, big night game. We smacked them, and mm. Trevor Lawrence may or may not have been out with COVID, but we still <laughs> doesn't <beat> matter. Them. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, um, that was that's probably- the ga- that's the game they had the quarterback. His name wouldn't even fit on the back of his jersey for Clemson. Yeah. It was like a, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a great game, though. Great game. It was. It was so much fun. There was nobody else in the stadium besides just the students. So when it was overtime. We were literally running from each like end of the stand or end of the stadium back and forth to like be on opposite sides where the ball was. Man, see, that's not running again. Hey, Randy, <laughs> give me give me watching Jack Brannigan on the baseball field all day over football. Let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. B, I was gonna get to that. You know how mm-hmm. I told you I couldn't stand these guys? Let me tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see this behind me. I'm a big Tennessee fan, right? Don't hold it yeah. against me, B. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I understand. I understand. But a big Tennessee baseball fan have been for a long time. I was cursed with it. B, so don't blame me. Blame my family. <laughs> We've already talked about my issues. So <laughs> Tennessee has this historical season. They're doing their thing and they're going to play Notre Dame. And I'm telling Jim and DB, I'm like, I, I hate this matchup. Those are a bunch of grown ass men. They're going to come in there and kick our ass. And they did. So let me tell you what happens like the following Monday or something like this. We're talking like, was it a week or a day? It was a day, the very next day. The very next I, I day. I put it on you the next Who's day. Who's coming on the podcast? <laughs> Jack Brannigan. Do you know Jack Brannigan? No, I do. Yeah. That's okay. Let jerk. me tell you something. He's such a nice guy. He took all the sting away because I was like, man, you broke my heart. And he's like, hey, man, look at me. I'm sorry. That was a great team. And I'm like, don't you patronize me, Jack Brannigan. But he was so nice. And that team was so good. They deserved everything. You know, they deserved but I to win scheduled the that, I scheduled that with full intention. I wanted Randy to have to ask him all the questions. And I did. You know, I did. I did. Luckily, right. I'm not as emotional as I once was. And it, it was it wasn't like Jack was like a guy who played in the game. He like basically he beat him won by the game. He won the game. <laughs> That's what I was like. Hey, Jack, you look at me now. And you were coming up there to beat Tennessee alone, all alone. And of course, you know, he says the thing is like, well, it was my team and they really did their part. Here's what's great. The text in real time, B, I'm texting. I was like, that's our upcoming guest. And Randy's like, I don't give a damn. (laughs) He's got to stop hitting home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I'll be nice to him tomorrow. But today, forget that guy. Mm -hmm. Then he comes on here all astute talking about he's a north side. Anyways, we're moving on. So he's a great guy. B, right? All right. right. He is. He is. He is. So listen, you, you were good. Let's get back to you. As DB said earlier, you played in 15 games at Notre Dame, made four starts. You netted a goal in your freshman season, scored your first career goal in the 76th minute of a three 2 two overtime win against Wake Forest to clinch a spot in the ACC championship. Talk to me. Walk me through that moment and what those emotions were like for you. I was pretty cold. Um, it was during a snowstorm. Um, Notre Dame definitely had some eclectic weather going on. I'm not used to that. More normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was really, really fun. Obviously um, I was kind of bummed because my goal was, this, was our second goal and 
uh, it would have been cool to have the game winner. But what can what can you do? At least that game, there was no way there could be a tie. <laughs> True. Somebody had to win the game. Well, so, do you want to know what's annoying now for absolutely. Uh, soccer for regular season? They took away overtime, so there's going to be even more ties. Oh, Daniel, and see, you're not helping right. Casey. Hold on, hold on, this was, uh, they, they, this they was a good podcast. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> well, hold on, what do you mean they took away overtime? Because I've already seen overtime this year. I don't think so. Like, our, or at least maybe in conference play, where once it hits 90 minutes, we're done, except for. Um, it may be a conference. What, what, game, they, what game was it? Um, the LSU game, um, but they were playing out of conference, so it might have been. Maybe, maybe just conference, because I know that that's what our coach said, that there's no more. Um, except for like championships or tournaments. So the SEC is deciding that they want more ties. <laughs> I guess so. Daniel. Yeah. All right. Back to Notre Dame. One last question. I'm turning you over to Jen. This is getting to be a lot here. So <laughs> Notre Dame seems like a solid program. They make the NCAA tournament. You had some success. So tell me, how does the transfer and how does Arkansas come into play? Um, I really liked a lot of things about Notre Dame. Like thankful for my experience there. Not uh, the snowstorm. By just. Not the snowstorm, but I just wanted something a little different out of my soccer experience. Thought I like could grow a bit more, like get better in some certain areas. So I decided to transfer and um, entered the transfer portal as I was driving back to Notre Dame that um, at the end of that winter with my parents. And we were going jumping to a bunch of different um, ski mountains and just started like getting some calls or emails from coaches talked to Colby Hale or like looked at my phone was getting a phone call from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I was like, I've, is this in a different country? I've never heard of this place. Um, how long did it take? <laughs> you hit the portal. How long does it take to get your first phone call? Okay. That was really scary. Our no, no, like you can say shit. It's no, fine. <laughs> I think I meant to say shade actually, but <laughs> oh, no shade. Yeah, but, shit. It's all sad. Yeah. My bad, my bad, but no shade to our Notre Dame compliance um, person, but they put my email and phone number in wrong. So the first 24 hours, I got nothing. And I was like, I think I just made the biggest mistake of my life. Like, oh, you think they did it on purpose, don't you? Probably, yeah. They probably just didn't did want me to be a star somewhere else. One you know? more reason I don't <laughs> like Notre Dame anymore. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one of the coaches for like a different school that was interested in me was kind enough to like email my Notre Dame coach and say like this email is bouncing back or something. And then they fixed that. Um, but then... Once I got the call from Coach Colby, like I think I decided to come to Arkansas within like three days or something um, before even seeing Arkansas or before even getting back to Notre Dame. It was he makes fun of me for it because I just kind of full sent it. So before we get into Arkansas, because you know they were just talking about Notre Dame, Randy Daniel, I'm gonna say this right here and there because last week before the episode, I told y'all what I was watching. I was in the middle of watching the Manti Te'o uh, thing on Netflix. And and now that I've seen it, guys, in full, I like like even though he's not Notre Dame as a as a whole, but he was there. Like I just now I can't bag on Notre Dame for at least a little bit. Like that whole story, just like it pulled at my heartstrings. I got some sympathy. Um, so I'm actually I'm gonna, gonna bag on him harder now. No, no, I gotta <laughs> I gotta leave Notre Dame alone a little bit. I, I'm I'm feeling a little bad. You know that that happened to one of their to one of their guys, the faces of their school. So I'm going to leave Notre Dame alone for at least a few weeks, especially because they got a big game coming up. You know, we'll get to that later. But let's get to Fayetteville, Arkansas. So now you're coming down to sort of mine and Randy and Daniel's neck of the woods. It's in the south. It's it's a few hours away. But, you know, what's the culture shock like? You know, you're from Washington, and then you're up there in South Bend, and now you're coming down to Fayetteville, Arkansas. What's that culture shock like? 
Um, a lot more cowboy boots, a lot, <laughs> a lot more mullets. I, I actually like, I think I told my, one of my friends, like when I was walking around on campus, I was like, I've seen so many guys in like cowboy boots and mullets, like unironically, like they just, that's what, that was their thing. I'm like, I love it. I'm here for it. Well, I live in North Mississippi and it's the same as it is in Arkansas. It's, it's going around and my daughter, you know, she's a soccer player, just like you and um, Mm -hmm. an athlete and she's not into any of that. And she's doesn't, (laughs) she can't figure it out. She doesn't know why all the guys are doing it. I don't know why it's a trend, why it's popular, but for whatever (laughs) reason it is. But Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, as someone who watches SEC soccer, like I told you, me and my daughter, are huge fans we go to the games we know that Arkansas mm-hmm. is legit so we we know why you know you joined that team um and in your first season y'all went 19-4-1 and one. yes Daniel there's a one on the end of there and made it made it <laughs> shocker. To the, shocker made it to the elite eight of the NCAA tournament so let's start first you know position you're listed as a defender midfield where do you typically tend to play more holding mid okay. generally yeah and so for you, for you guys that don't understand, that means that she's put that you're playing more back towards the defensive mid, correct? Yeah, like just in just in front of the back line, essentially. Gotcha. And so um, you know, is with that, is that why? Because, you know, when you look at the goals and we talk about that one goal and they may have not understood that, you're usually not so much in the offense as more as you are in the defense, correct? Yeah, generally um my role on the team a lot of times Colby says to get it to the good players so I will try to take the ball from another team and then get it to like people like Anna Potter Jill and stuff like that well and I'm glad you brought that up because there is a game that I wanted to bring up where you did not only get it to a good player but you did score yourself um best game of the season came against Auburn where you had a goal and an assist and a, and a 5-1 win um you know how good is it a game like that not only just where you score but like you said you get it to the right player and they score and so you're able to accomplish both in one game yeah, I think it's best of both worlds. Obviously, it's really fun to score, but it's fun to, like, help your teammates do it too, which is kind of cheesy, but that's why we play this sport. Yeah, I'm going to have to give you some uh, – or get you to to mentor my daughter because she's played the defensive back line her whole life. She's center back, um, um, and she just transferred high schools on her club. She's still playing that, but they have moved her up right where you are. I'm talking about on midfield, and she's trying to learn – and the coach has basically been telling her it's the same thing, you know, that he's telling her it's not much difference, but you know, when you've played somewhere for so long and you're kind of used to one thing, you know, mm-hmm. she feels like a fish out of water, but she's a soccer player. She knows what to do. She's just, she's building it up to be bigger than what it really is. Yeah, um, definitely. But what these guys probably don't know, and I'm excited to talk about is so sweet 16 of all teams y'all get to face Notre mm-hmm. Dame. What are sure. the what are the emotions? You leave Notre Dame and you go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and here you are in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament facing your old team, your old teammates. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, I mean, it was when we like saw the teams get drafted or called out for the tournament. I was like, oh my gosh, what are the odds that we end up in the same corner as them? And then I'm like, as each game starts whittling down and we get closer and closer to playing each other, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be crazy. And then Plus the fact that like it was us hosting versus them, like they were going to have to come to Arkansas and whatnot. It was, it was mostly awesome. Um, I guess that's kind of a super great way to say it, <laughs> but. Your like, old coach didn't give you like the stare down, did he? Right. I definitely avoided like eye contact. And <laughs> you see that SID? You're like, Hey, my email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was a super positive experience for me because we got to beat them. Obviously it would have been a little different if the, outcome had happened different way but um I mean I, I love so many of the girls on that team still and 
I wish them the best, except when they're playing us. So. <laughs> so, so you seem like a straight shooter and a fun person. I know you had to at least, you know, not in a rude way, but you had to mess with your ex-teammates about winning that game, right? Like you had to take the bragging rights. Yeah, definitely. Post as much stuff as possible and you know, text everybody <laughs> back in Notre Dame. Say goodbye, send them on their way to the airplane. I mean, it makes it look like you took the right choice, undoubtedly, right? Like you made it farther mm -hmm. than you beat them. So, you know, obviously, but then y'all lose uh, in the Elite Eight to Rutgers and penalty kicks. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, if y'all go through two overtimes and it goes to penalty kicks, it just talks about um, how intense, um, how evenly matched those teams were. Um, you know, uh, how just how good was Rutgers? I mean, just, just being honest. They were really good. I mean, they – our coach likes to say a lot of times that, like, if we're playing our best, we we won't lose. Like, we don't lose, like, when we're playing really well. And I, th I think that's probably true for a lot of teams, but but definitely for us. And I think Rutgers was just really good. Like, we didn't play a bad game by any means. They had some – have and had some really talented people. Um, they scored some good goals. And then PKs haven't historically been our best thing, and they beat us. So, it was a bummer, but um, – it, it was a really good game. So to make it to the Elite Eight, you know, obviously, um, like I, I said, y'all's record earlier, 19-4-1, um, you know, you had some success. Um, obviously, the goal is always a national championship, but for your first year there, I mean, did it meet expectations for you? Oh, exceeded by far, yeah. That's awesome. B, B I got a question. Do, yeah. you, do you think or do you like the fact that a game – at that stage in in the in the year can come down to penalty kicks i think it is what it is um if you had the ability kicks to are kinda, change, yeah. if you could change it would you would you rather just throw more time on the clock play it out sudden death or i don't know maybe like maybe sudden death but like that feels kind of tough too because like in that game it was we scored so many goals against each other too that like it might not have been fair just whoever scores the next one. And and like, Daniel, we've been talking right about, and we've been talking about this running thing. You know, it's ninety minutes plus the yeah. two overtimes. <laughs> like they can only run for so long, my guy. I mean, that's when you gotta <laughs> you gotta dig deep on the bench and like like I think to me, I think it's 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 more strategy and more of a a comprehensive look of who the better team is from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. when you just play it out as opposed to all right i'm gonna put my my best shooters up here and yeah. line them up and go boom 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 and you some like i feel like uh correct me if i'm wrong but is there any strategy into which way a goalie's gonna go when it comes to P pks or you just pick a side or, or like how, how does it work because i i feel like it's it's very much luck generated at that point yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a goalie in terms of knowing how to save them, but I think a lot of it does come down to luck. But I mean, in other sports, they do things like that too. I mean, don't they do hockey, the one on ones at right. the end too? But yeah, with, with I can speak that, and and we have had uh we had Molly Swift, the goalie from LSU, on here, and we've talked about mm -hmm. it. It it is a guessing game. You're you're watching what it is, Daniel. Is you're watching the body language of the 
person fixing a shoot and you try to gauge which way it looks like they're fixing the shoot and you're going to jump that way. That's why a lot of times you'll see them jump the opposite way because if um, a goal score is good, they can, they can do pretty good about looking like they're going to go one way and hit the other, especially, you know, be probably say you watch the professional level, they, they get nasty with it and then they can bend it any which way. So it, yeah, a goalie's on an Island. It's a pretty tough. I'd never want to be a goalie in penalty kicks. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, also like, I feel like being a goalie could be really fun because nobody's really expecting you to like do anything necessarily. Like you, the, the person who's taking the PK is supposed to score. Like if you stop it, you're the hero, not like right. you're the, you're the bum. You know, you know, when I decided that I would never want to be a goalie be is when I seen the goalie diving the shoulder hit the post and then they were down oh. for a long time. And then I thought, you know what, that just doesn't look like I want that to happen. Like, cause you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you have, they have a pretty good awareness of where they're at, but there's going to be a time where they're going to, they're going to dive and that, that post might not be exactly right where they thought. And uh, yeah, at least it I was mean, the shoulder, not the head. Yeah. Our goalie last year, I think she got like three broken noses um, during, and part of them were like during our practices, just from coming out on one V ones and whatnot. So like goalies are a different breed for sure. Yeah, so we'll 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 stay out the goal, stick to stick the <laughs> defensive mid there for you. But you know, let's get into this year. You know, y'all start off um y'all three and one. Um, you know, took a loss early, but you know, how are you feeling about the team right now? Um, y'all starting to get the chemistry together. Yeah, I mean, I think we've definitely been hit with a little bit of adversity at the, at the beginning. We lost two people um that were supposed to be starters in the back line to ACL tears. Uh, which is never a great thing, but um, we always like to say that nobody's better at handling adversity than Arkansas. So we are just trying to get some good momentum. Um, we've got two good wins this past week, and obviously we've got tons more games coming. I mean, up. y'all beat the mess out of Oklahoma. Like, hey, <laughs> I, I love we love that because we we don't like Oklahoma around here. Usually, it's more driven towards football, but we'll take it in soccer too. Was it six one? Mm-hmm. Yep. No mercy. So, you know, obviously, like you said, you had some adversity, but, you know, got these last couple wins. Um, You know, based upon, like, you know, SEC rivalries or maybe a game you lost last year you felt like you shouldn't have, is there any game – you know, a lot of people say all games are the same, but some some players will say there's a game that they got circled that they look forward to more than others. Are all the games the same to you, or is there a game that, like, you really look forward to? I'm pretty excited to play – uh, Texas A&M at home on a Thursday night. I think that will be a really fun, big crowd. Um, we generally have a pretty good rivalry with them in soccer. And then also I'm excited, well, half excited <laughs> to go to South Carolina on like a Sunday afternoon. It's definitely going to be a tough game, but getting a win there would be huge. So that's exciting well, for me too. Well, here's the game that me and my daughter are going to be at, and I, and I got a special request, okay? Um, when we go to Oxford and watch Ole Miss um, – Okay. They're for soccer fans. They're pretty nasty, um, and uh, we're not we're not big fans of them. And so uh, we've been there to go root on uh, Memphis or LSU, and unfortunately, Ole Miss won both of them. So we haven't seen Ole Miss lose either, and we've had to deal with the fans. So we're going to be there on October twenty third, and uh, we need Arkansas to go in there and get that W. And we want to watch the Ole Miss fans uh, have to walk out sad as they take the L. You think you can handle that for us? Yes, sir. All right. Well, good deal. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you. But with that, I'm going to let you off the hot seat talking about soccer. And Daniel going to play a game with you. Okay. All right, B. Before we let any guests go, it's tradition to play this or that. It's a quick little game. You down to play? Yes, sir. 
All right, good, because you didn't have an option. You were going to play <laughs> playing this game. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's very simple. I'll give you two options. All you got to do is pick one option or the other. You can't okay. say both, can't say neither. You got to be decisive, pick one. All right, all right. All right, we'll start slow. Uh, would you rather have a dog or a cat? Dog. What's your favorite dog? A Cocker Spaniel. Do you have Those a Cocker mean Spaniel? Mean-ass dogs. <laughs> we had a Cocker Spaniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on. What cocker spaniel you come across? It was mean, Randy. There, bro. T- I think it's me, man. <laughs> no, some of them. Some of them are known. Our our dog. He he was known to be a biter. My aunt got had multiple cocker spaniels, yeah, and they were true. all mean, man. We're talking about <laughs> all of them. What what was his what was his name? Just curious. Uh, mine or yeah yeah yours. Not mine. <laughs> Murphy, but we called him Burgomaster. <laughs> I understand Burger Master short for Murphy. I get it. Yeah. 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 It's a natural progression. <laughs> do, do explain. It really was just something stupid. My brother and I started doing that Santa Claus movie or the Chris Kringle movie where there's the Burger Meister Meister Burger. Yes. Yes. That one day we started laughing at that and like thought that was the funniest thing ever. So we started calling our dog that Burger Master. Poor, poor and then, dog. <laughs> yeah. And then it just got shortened and we just called him the Burger all the time. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Would you rather score a goal or have an assist on a goal? Score. Score. Man, what uh, if if you could pick any scenario to score a goal, how are you scoring it? With your foot? With your head? Are you kicking one long range? Are you on a fast break? And you you know cross some folks over? What what's going on? What's what's what would you pick? Um, I'm pretty good with my head, so I'd I'd really like to do a diving header. I think that'd be sick. Nice. Yeah. All right. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Right. I'm gonna expound upon that. If you could just name one food that Seattle's known for, what's that food? Gosh, well, I don't want to like say that. I don't know if that's if this is true or not, but I always eat a lot of sushi when I'm home. Just the yeah. seafood's really good. I mean, all our West Coast guests say sushi or seafood, so I mean, it seems yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. What's your favorite sushi roll? You eat raw like, sushi? Yes, for sure. Sashimi. Mm-hmm. So disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like eel and tuna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I, you know what? I never ate sushi until I got married to my to my second wife. Another, another thing we'll talk about. But <laughs> and I started trying sushi, you know, and she's like, here, I just and it, but still to this day, I now can order for myself. But like the first 10 times we'd go into like a sushi restaurant, they hand me this really long menu and i would just look just stare at her and she'd be like oh he would like this and this and this yeah i just, randy, I just I trusted like, her randy is like does it look like a rice donut <laughs> then, oh, the, oh let me tell you i want the one with rice you know what one time that she handed me chopsticks and i've actually never forgiven her for that we've been together a long time now but we're working through that now um i mean you deep fry any of it and it'll, it'll taste pretty good oh for sure. it's all gross y'all are all wrong no, that's that's coming from mayonnaise coffee boy. Mayonnaise in his coffee, yeah. Ew. That's whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Don't just throw me under. Do you know who Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, is? No. He he did it on SEC Network as like a thing, and so I did it just to, because he did it to try. I think it. that actually makes the story worse when you say you did it because he did <laughs> so it. Just but, a follower. Yeah. Oh, I, I did it. He also ate a banana with a peel on. I tried it too. It actually wasn't so, bad either. Neither was bad. Two. This is two things he's done now because Will Levis 
the Kentucky quarterback does. I, th- uh, I think he's a genius. Y'all just don't understand uh, his artistry. The, the, the redeemer, <laughs> Will Levis. When he wins the yeah. Heisman this year, y'all going to know why. It's because he put <laughs> Mayo in his – The Heisman ain't coming from a 500 team, but let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you be – would you rather lose sleep or skip a meal? Skip a meal. Definitely. Yeah. How, how many hours of sleep you get a night? Are you are you a big sleeper? I tr- I try like, but I I kind of struggle with sleep sometimes. So it'll be it can be if I'm if it's a good night, I'll always get like eight. But if I can't fall asleep, then I'll get like four sometimes. But uh-huh. okay. yeah. wait, wait till you're older. It's like four. You take that if it's consecutive. <laughs> it's like oh, it's awesome. I feel so yeah. rejuvenated, <laughs> refreshed, ready ready to do it again. Can't wait. Yeah. Would you rather spend your time at the beach or the lake? Like, definitely, especially if someone's got a nice boat. What are what are the beaches really like on the West Coast? Irrelevant, like on <laughs> at least up in <laughs> up in the Pacific Northwest, like I mean, Oregon beaches, guess, but they're yeah, kind of like or, just because there's an ocean there. Yeah. yeah, they're just to look at. Uh, the water's pretty cold, and yeah, there's too many cool lakes to really spend time at the beach. I think. Gotcha. Would you rather go to a concert or a sporting event? Sporting event. Who who's in the room? Are you are you are you getting uh getting no, that was, or sorry that was me just looking off trying to think because I wanted to make I wanted to make like caveats to it, but I didn't want to she's like Burgermeister, what would you pick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What uh? So if what what sporting event of all the sporting events would you be like? That's a bucket list I gotta go see. I mean, knock on wood, but I want to see my brother play in the majors. Good one, nice. Man, you can't judgment. beat that answer. Yeah, that's. I mean, shit. that's a very selfless answer. I like that. I, I mean, like is that. it really selfless? Because hopefully, I'm gonna see a little bit of that money that he gets. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, yeah, we, even we, better. We, our, even we had a two-time guest uh, from the Braves just get paid two hundred twelve million dollars. We're waiting on our our check. I don't know if it's yeah. going to come, but you know, Austin might send us something. I think the transfer <laughs> SID put our wrong address in. I I kept I kept that's saying, why we haven't gotten our check. Yeah, I, I kept saying on the podcast that the Yankees were going to sign this dude, and the Braves got wind of it, and they were like, "We got we got to pay him. We got to pay him now." So they mm-hmm. did. Um. You know, you you opted out of music, but I gotta ask, what uh, what's 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 your when you get in the car or you throw on your your, your ear pods? What's what are you playing? What are you listening? To? Your ear pods, you old man. <laughs> yeah, whatever. AirPods. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Um. I definitely like country music a lot. Um. I also like some like older music i guess like i like bruce, bruce springsteen a lot too she's from where grunge originated and she's gonna say country arkansas done got a hold of her i think she's I too know. i think she might be a little too young for the grunge though man yeah. grunge was art i mean we're almost 40 guys we gotta admit that at some point in our lives i would so like <laughs> and Green i'm the Day oldest of the three and, of us I mean, and i hate it yeah so all right so country artist though who's who's number one and you said you said you didn't weren't really into the mullet thing so it's probably not morgan wallen yeah, he's he just performed here a few nights ago, but Did you go? Um, I wanted to. The tickets were outrageous, and we didn't know our schedule at the time. Uh, but um, probably Toby Keith is my favorite, like older, older. Like should have been a cowboy Toby Keith. 
Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can sing every song. I used to have this old. I had the tape, you know what I'm saying? Rewind skirt. <laughs> Play it again. I would sing yeah. it right now, but you know, we want listeners. For real. Would you, would you rather been be a cap? Oh. Uh, <laughs> shoot. Would you rather be a hero or a villain? Um, I think the villains have the better outfits. Better outfits. That's solid. <laughs> you don't yeah. agree. <laughs> no, he agrees. You're just yeah. the first one to ever put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Every, you know, some people are like, um, you know, I'm I'm a Spider-Man or a Batman or a Superman person, so I'm just all hero. Um, some people don't know many villains, so they're like hero automatically. And then some people that say villain, it's just like, oh, they look cooler. None of them have been specific. Like, yeah, their outfits are the bomb. Their fits yeah. are tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, hold on. I got to know who her favorite villain is, especially because of the fit. Seems seems like me. <laughs> you? Um, I don't know. I guess like the Joker, maybe. I'll answer. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he's creepy, but... Yeah, he's cool. He's everything a villain should be. Mm -hmm. And okay, he actually like. Well, this might be kind of weird, but like, it's like a lot of villains are annoying because they never actually fall through on what they're doing. But like, he actually will like hurt people instead of just waiting around talking to them the whole time. You know, she's a little sadistic. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I didn't. I know. I'm not he doing it. He's now become my favorite guest ever. <laughs> All right, last question before we let you roll. Would okay. you rather save one loved one? Or would you rather save a hundred strangers? So you get to save one person that you love or a hundred people that yeah, you don't really know them, but you're saving a hundred people. Uh, I'm saving Burger Master every time. Nice. <laughs> Not even just nice. people, the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, B, this has been awesome. I hope you had a blast. I hope you I were able to tell your story and we do you justice but before we get you out of here anything you want to plug or promote no just uh woo pig woo pig can yeah. you call the hogs before we get off yeah no you don't have to i'm just joking <laughs> is that still pretty cool yeah every time? i love it every time i mean okay it's definitely cool when i'm playing soccer it gets annoying when it's the 50th time in a basketball game but and they make you hold it for each time for eight seconds. And that's that gets tiresome. Like you're supposed to do the woo for eight seconds. And nobody does that except for basketball games. Man, that's that's too much. That's too much responsibility <laughs> for me mm -hmm. just to go and, and try to enjoy something. But <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. They're mm -hmm. faithful to it. All right. So I had a feeling you were going to say, you know, nothing. So I got this for it. If you want to <laughs> know more about B. Franklin. Go on over to Instagram at B B E A underscore Franklin or at Razorback Soccer. And you could check her out, see what she's up to on her day to day. You could check her out on the soccer field. But more importantly, B, Thursday night, September 1st is your next game. Western Michigan comes into town. It's SEC Plus Network if you want to check it out. It's going to be a blast. B, we appreciate you coming on. We wish you nothing but the best. If if we need anything, let us know. We'll be more than happy to help get any message, anything out. And definitely got to have you back on at the end of the season because it's a big run coming for the Hogs, I bet. 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. And uh, Randy, let me know when you need some therapy. Got you. Thank you. <laughs> that's, right. that's B. Franklin, everybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we got headlines. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Q is your guy. Quintavious Burdett, who was once a guest of In Off the Bench, and Ole Miss alumni, who is with REMAX, is the guy who will help you get your home. He is the guy who just helped me get my home. I just closed on my house a few weeks ago in the South Haven area, and Quintavious is the one who set the whole thing up. He is the man. He is one of the top, if not the top, realtor in the Mid-South area. You can get a hold of him at 662 292 7136 for all your real estate needs. Have you struggled with weight loss, pain management? Maybe you just lack an energy? I struggled with all these things, and then I got introduced to Truvy, an official sponsor of In Off the Bench. If you download the Truvy app, T R U V Y, and use the official In Off the Bench code, Easy Money, you can save money and get hooked up today and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. And guys, we are on the cusp of a big college football weekend. But before we talk about that, we got to unpack a little bit of Major League Baseball. We got the Cardinals, Braves going on. We got, you know, you know, Mariners signing big time prospects to long term deals, trying to make their push to get into postseason play. But uh, Jim, I'll start with you, man. Your boy. Tyler O'Neill starting to swing the bat a little bit. What's up? Well, since we last texted each other, Randy may have seen this. I don't know. Do you know that he's homered again, Randy? Tyler O'Neill? Yes, I, I I do know this. So my guy is that the biggest home run of the night, though, Jim? I don't think uh, so. No, it's not. And I'll let you and I'll let you take take that. But Daniel, to Randy's point in our group text, my boy has been on the struggle bus. They even said as much when he came in to pitch it last night and had that monster bomb. They said he had been struggling. Well, you know what? He came in, he pinched it, and he absolutely right down Broadway. I mean, yeah, he, I was I was going to say, did the Braves actually just lose the game or give it away? I mean, to me, that was just not good. Yeah, and I mean, and he smoked that thing. And because, and, honestly, the Cardinals were in full control, and then they had a good inning where Swanson hit a three-run bomb, and at that point, you know, especially with Mentor coming out. A.J. Mentor is usually a boss, and he, he ends up getting rocked. Um, Newt Barr, by the way, who uh, – well, let's give him a little shout-out as opposed to just talking, you know, O'Neal, Pujols, or, or Goldsmith. Highest OPS in the month of August in all of baseball. So, go ahead and get it, Newt. And he hit the bomb that got them started. But, yeah, they take the series from the Braves. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people still saying they don't think the Cardinals are for real, and I really don't know it – what point the, or what they got to do at this point to prove that um, I think they can play with anybody. I understand they don't have the record of the Dodgers and the Dodgers look unbeatable. But when you look at how this Cardinals team is constructed and we've talked about, you know, Goldsmith and Arnado, And then, like I said, we're talking about what Newt Barr uh, is, is bringing. If O'Neill gets hot, like crossing like Edmund, Ed, Randy's boy. Cause I know he's an Edmund guy just as much as he is a DeYoung guy. I mean, all these guys are getting involved. And then, you know, I'll let you, Randy, also I'm going to take your glory on the trade of Montgomery, like how big that's been. You go ahead and take over from here. No, I think that the, the series starts off with, obviously, Atlanta. They had been playing kind of yo-yo baseball, right? They're kind of going back and forth. They're 
trying to get up into the division lead with the Mets, and they had a perfect opportunity this weekend. The Mets uh, losing a game or two, they had a perfect chance. They blow the Cardinals out Friday night, come back Saturday, walk in Tyler. Or he, he gets walked. He So game winning, game winning on base right there. Uh, and then obviously the the night Sunday, the Sunday night baseball game, they get to showcase. Arenado comes back, a papa for the first time. And DB, I'm not sure how much you got to see because it was a rain delay, and I know your East Coast time. But Adam Wainwright gave a master class on what a pitcher should do to prepare for games. He was mic'd up. We get to go through his routine from stretching to warming up to getting in the pen and what he goes through and what he's looking for. A master class for any young pitcher. And then the game starts. And Adam Wainwright at 42 years old is awesome and we go talk about how he sang after the game on the right yeah, freaking like, sang he sounded dude, adam great. wainwright did everything you could possibly do in a night on sunday night baseball yeah and then you know tonight so you this is what typically we've talked about this a bunch they have a huge series win tyler o'neill huge home run right down broadway get that six three series clinching win and then tonight this is what they do though they get a big series win and then they lose the very next game no such thing tonight as they go against the reds and just absolutely demolish them Albert Pujols hits number 694 against, check this out, guys, his 450th different pitcher in his career he's hit a home run off of, and he goes opposite field to do it. Tyler O'Neill gets a, two more home runs, and the Cardinals, if you look at it from the, from the all-star game to now, they have the second-best record in the league, just behind the Dodgers, and they're only a game behind them since the all-star break. So I think when you talk about, and we talk about this like college baseball, when you talk about teams getting hot at the right time, to me, that's what the Cardinals are doing now. And then Montgomery's 4-0, right, as a Cardinal now? Oh, absolutely. And so talk about that, too. You you, you talked Helsley the other night when you talked about Dansby hitting the go-ahead home run. Helsley doesn't give up those kind of bombs. So when he does, you're thinking, okay, Marmol's going to pull him. But he doesn't. He sticks with him, strikes out three the next inning, and they just stuck with him. And I think this team is finding its groove. And I don't just mean the players with Tyler O'Neill and Pujols doing his thing and obviously Arnado, Goldie, MVP. But the manager, I mean, the coaching staff has really figured out how to use their guys. Hey, and that was the thing about Mentor. He he struck out Goldsmith and Arenado back-to-back, right? And so then you got the yeah. struggling O'Neal coming in. Honestly, I the way my, my boy had been swinging, I actually thought he was just going to be the third one. And also check this out for, for DB. As a pitcher coming back, Jack, Jack Flaherty, Captain Jack, he's making his final rehab start Wednesday night in Memphis. And he is expected to rejoin the club this weekend and get in the game. So, I mean, we got a former Cy Young, a candidate, a, a playoff proven pitcher to add to the staff with Jordan Montgomery, Quintana, Wainwright, Flaherty. The bullpen's pitching well. I mean, everything's kind of going the right way for him right now. I think they got a six and a half game lead in the division. I mean, it's looking up for these cards. Daniel, yeah. you're pitching better than anybody. What does Flaherty got to do to stay healthy, man? He just needs to stay within himself and know that he doesn't have to overexert. He needs to take it slow. I'll say this. They put themselves in a great position to give him the opportunity to do that. Obviously, they've taken advantage of a weak schedule. And we, you know, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago uh, when we talked about the August and September schedule. Their schedule really doesn't get tough until the back half of September. And if you put yourself in a position where, like, at that point, it doesn't matter. Then, then you're doing what you need to do to give guys like Flaherty a chance to get some innings, get comfortable, ex- or exert himself, but not overexert himself to the point where he thinks he's got to do it all. 
Um, but yeah, just be very limited and very intentional on how you throw him and put him in situations where he can succeed. Um, I think that's the key right now. And then hopefully in postseason, you you give a chance to, you know, game on the line, you see what he can do. DB, let me ask you this, though. You say all that, and then we look at Jack Flaherty, who's obviously young, has every tool imaginable. And then you look over and you got a guy like Wainwright who doesn't overpower people anymore. He's hitting spots. How is a guy at 42 years old still doing it at the level he's doing it at? Confidence, man, and the the ability to know, all right, I've got to not reinvent myself completely because he's still got the same pitch arsenal. He, you know, but he lives and dies by location and, you know, he keeps guys off balance. I mean, Yachty helps with calling games and, and the, just him in general being on the mound gives you a chance to win. And when other teams know that it's like, shit, I got to face Adam Wainwright. To be honest, I think other teams, when they show up, if, if Jack Flaherty was on the mound, they're not as, they're not feeling as bad as if they look across and Adam Wainwright's on the mound. One more quick thing on the Cardinals before we move on. That was Adam Wainwright and Yachty's 322nd start together, too shy of the all-time record. So, obviously, we feel like they're going to break that with ease, right? They got a lot, what, 38 more games to go or something. Yeah, they, I mean, they got they got a whole uh, month and, and, and really five games in October. And, yeah, he's going to get – three or four more starts and then postseason. So I, I don't see why that that's not an easily so, broken record. So talking about record, it's not the record, but the 700, we talked about it. So there's 40, uh, what does it say? No, 34 games, 34 games. He needs six home runs. We still feel good about it. I do. Yes, absolutely. I don't, I, I, I've been saying this. I just don't know if he's going to get enough at bats. I mean, but he's getting one every – at least in a series, he's getting at least two to three at-bats. I, I think that's enough. It depends. I mean, like, are guys, are guys going to pitch to him? That's what I was wondering because once he gets up to 698 type stuff, I wouldn't want to be the one to get I, But more. I think they will because baseball has these – the whole, same way some of the unwritten rules I hate, they're not going to purposely pitch around him so he won't break No, 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 no. I – I don't think they're going to pitch around him so he doesn't break the record, but I think in a situation where pool hosts could hit a home run and, and, and put them ahead or tie the game, you, you don't really have to pitch him because he's not a threat on the bases. So like, well, no, they're going to pinch run him. Well, I'd rather them do that, but you know, I hope he breaks the record. I, I do. I hope he gets, or I hope he gets 700, um, you know, as a fan, like who wouldn't want that, but, the reality is I think it's going to be difficult for him. I don't think it's going to be anything of ease. If anything, we might be looking at October five games and he's got to get two, one or two. And, and they, and they interviewed him happened. last night during the game as well. You know, the, uh, Randy was talking about they did Wainwright. He said he just, he could have never imagined himself being anywhere close to this number. Yeah, very true. Well, Randy, I'll ask you, man. Obviously, the Marlins are out, or the Marlins, the Mariners are out there throwing big time cash um, at guys. They just 200, 300 million to Rodriguez. What is is he the is he the long term solution? Or are they looking just to lock up a prospect, build around them and see what they can do about winning right now? I think that it's both. I think they, they feel like they have a chance to get in, have a puncher's chance now. 
but they also feel like they got to lock this talent up. And as we know in baseball, long-term contracts in baseball really don't mean long-term stays at that team. But how because, often, Randy, do they come rookie year like that? I mean, it's, uh, it's really rare, right? It is, but I mean, and also you think about it. This Let's say that Julio Rodriguez stays on this path. They got a hell of a deal because if he stays on the path that he's on, he would be getting – 400 million. He would, you know, well, that, I mean, and so, that's how they sell it. Don't you like the extension could hit 470 million. They, they headline it, it like that, but you know, like yeah. he said, it's, it's 200 and, and then go on up. Yeah. I do the Mariners make the postseason, Jim. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I don't think they're going to like who they draw, but <laughs> I think they'll make it. I don't know. What if they like draw the Yankees? The Yankees have proved to be beatable. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, anything can happen in the postseason. And, you know, obviously I'll I'll take my chances against those guys than the Astros in the postseason. And, Jim, let me ask you this. When you see this guy playing that's a rookie and he's getting all this money, I've never seen a guy – obviously he's getting paid a lot of money, more than anybody – most people ever seen in their life. But this guy plays the game with so much joy. Like, he's literally having so much fun. It looks like a little eager out there. I mean, he's just laughing and – I I love it. Well, and, you know, Mike Hughes called me on this. I mean, I knew his name and heard about him, you know, just in general. But, obviously, I don't watch Mariners games to begin with, right? So, but up until the home run derby, it's the first time i ever seen the kid play. But I, I to your point, like, after watching him and the way he was in the home run derby, I mean, he was there, like you said, a kid having the most fun, the time of his life during the home run derby. And, and so it wasn't just the fact that he was smashing home runs. It was it was the way he carried himself, and he was definitely somebody you felt like you could root for. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the, the season plays out. If they hang tough, they – who knows? They might, they might be a tough draw uh, in the playoffs. But, guys, enough of that. It's down to business. It's that time again. College football, there were some games this past – weekend i don't know do we really call them games or are they just like no their you know? football was back yeah they're games yeah. no football's back but really the reality is is the the bulk of the games what we're looking for starts this weekend and guys we got to do pick them and this year you know jim I'm, I'm gonna let you lead this thing you know obviously in the past i haven't I'm picking last. Well, no, the, the reason why pick, I didn't do the so. spread thing is because there there seemed to be so much confusion. So I figured we'll just keep it straight up, man. And if we're picking games that don't have wild point spreads, so for instance, Randy, that's why Tennessee's not on this thing tweak because it's like a 35-point point spread. So as long as we're picking games that don't have outrageous point spreads, it should be, you know, solid fun. All right. Well, let's get into it. Well, Obviously, it's an outrageous point spread. Yeah. 15 and under i mean the biggest one we got on the one we got is 14 between memphis and mississippi state Hmm. which i I think they're slapping memphis in the face with that but you know that may we may be biased i don't know i don't think i think well we won't won't talk about point spreads Uh, yeah yeah let's uh let's get into this jim where do you want to start you got it right there oregon georgia all right oregon georgia Obviously, let, let me let me take a stab at this first. 17, that's bigger than yeah, 14. Yeah, I was, I was wrong about the spread. I didn't realize this, that one was that. But you wouldn't think it was number 11 against number three. It's it's not enough, I don't think. No. I think Oregon's going to come into Atlanta and, and get beat down. Just 
beat down. I thought Jim was going first. Well, he, he told me it's right here in front of me, so I got this. I think I we're all going to go the same way on this. It's okay, Randy. Yeah, I think this is going to be Georgia. Give me Oregon. Bo Nix, baby. Oh, hell. That, that's no. all the more reason not to. And if Oregon should learn, like, I remember they they obviously got whooped by LSU in, like, a, a, a season opener, like, 10 years back, it was like when Honey Badger played for him, and then they lost to another SEC team like four or five years ago. Like, Oregon should definitely not schedule top-tier SEC teams to open their season. It's never went well. The only team they beat was Tennessee. Oh, did they play Tennessee? They did. It was a really close game, and that was when Oregon was at their absolute peak. Well, y'all need a rematch now. Now I'll tell you back. Let's go. Who who you got, Jim? Who you taking? I'm ta- I'm taking Georgia. Uh, just to be clear, though, um, if we weren't doing if we were doing the spread, 17 is a lot. I I would be, especially because y'all went the other way and we always like try to go opposite each other. I would I would take the points. Nope, not a chance. But we're not, so I don't have to Georgia. Win. Randy's got Georgia. I got Georgia. Jim's got Georgia. Clean sweep. Rand- Randy, as he's getting ready to pull the next game, let me ask you a question. Especially being a Tennessee guy. Is Georgia every bit of the dominant team in the East as they are putting them out to be? Or do Tennessee, for instance, Florida, you know, even Kentucky, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, is Georgia got it down or is, is it can it be competitive in the East where somebody can take Georgia down? Because no. they're making it sound like it's done. It's done. It's done. They have, done, done. they have, I looked at this actually today. Alabama and Georgia have over 45 four- and five-star recruits. And a guy told me, well, recruiting doesn't matter. Well, that's stupid. You're an idiot. Recruiting <laughs> absolutely matters. You can't – Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's all day. And Georgia reloaded. They lost a lot on that defense, including some top-level draft picks, but they're going to reload. And I think their offense is going to be better. And then Stetson Bennett's got swag now. I mean – Yeah, he actually about? turned into, like, a good quarterback or something. I, I don't know. I kind of – I do have some doubts. I don't think that they're going to, like, run the table. I just feel like they're too talented not to win the East. I'm taking Tennessee. I don't give a damn. Can't wait for that game. I think Tennessee's got a puncher's chance with anybody because they, of their offense. I think I think they do. I don't as much as how many I weeks? How many weeks you got to wait for that? Be... Why do you got to say you hate Tennessee? I mean, this we need to be want, back on here. You, you want how me much time sugar, we got? They trash. Coat? They orange. They prick orange. Yep. All right, next game, Cincinnati traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Randy, I'll start with you. Who you got? I got Arkansas. Cincinnati lost too much, and I think they only got a top 25 ranking based on what they did last year, and uh, they ain't walking through that door. Arkansas by a lot. Jim, who you got? Yeah, give me the hogs at home, and this is – we had an Arkansas athlete on, so it would just be foul to go the other way. They don't hold it for eight seconds at the football games. (laughs) For sure. I, I'm i going to go Arkansas, but I think it's going to be close until the fourth quarter, and I think Arkansas will pull away. I think it's going to be muddy, ugly, and Cincinnati is going to have a chance, but inevitably Arkansas is going to hold on to it and, and, and take it in. So Memphis, Mississippi State. Jim, going to you. Memphis, Mississippi State. You got Seth Hennigan. Will Rogers. So, uh, y'all have seen me do this before. 
I'm hedging my bet. I'm showing up in Memphis. I'm rooting for Memphis. Therefore, I'm picking Mississippi State. Wow. Wow. Okay. Randy, you like the way I'm doing that. You know what I'm doing here. I mean, I either I'm either right or I'm there wearing blue and the right team wins. All right. Randy, who are you gonna take? Straight up, no points spread, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Mississippi State. Just not not a believer in what Memphis has got going on. Randy, here's the question for you. I'll ask before before Daniel picks. Who has the better stat line? Hittigan or Rogers? Rogers. Not even close. Oh, dang, you going to do our guests like that? I, I wasn't on that episode. You know, I, I've said it every time. If Mississippi State thinks Memphis is just going to show up and give it to them, they're wrong. I agree with that. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think Memphis is going to have a really good chance to win the game. It's going to come down to one position. The quarterback position is Seth Hennigan in his sophomore season going to be able to replicate what he was able to do last season as a freshman, or is Will Rogers going to elevate himself to where people think he could elevate himself? My my thought is no. I'm going to go with Memphis. I think they're going to go in. I think they're going to win ugly. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, but I think they pull it out. Just my thought. And to be clear, Randy, you know, with Quindell Johnson coming up, we, we need Memphis to win. We need good things to talk about, bro. I'm not. I'll be rooting for Memphis. I just don't. The talent disparity, number one, and I don't think. That boy, boy was hey, it, would, it, would, it, would there always, I mean, for the most part, shouldn't there? American versus SEC. There should always hey, be a talent disparity, right? Absolutely, right. 100%. If, if, there's, if there's any SEC team that you are more evenly matched with of all of, like, this has got to be one of one of the ones you're closer, closely matched up with, right? Yeah. Well, and we and there's also the home field advantage, and this is one of the things I try to tell Sarah. I said, are you sure you want to come? And she's like, yeah, why do you keep asking me? I said, I just want you to know that I don't I don't know what their stadium holds exactly seventy thousand whatever cowbells going off is highly obnoxious. I just want her to make sure that she knows that, well, especially hey. if Mississippi State scores a lot, it get real annoying. Well, hey, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Just go enjoy the game, watch Memphis win, and get out of there. That's all you got to do. All right, Randy, Utah at. Florida, <laughs> Utah at Florida. Who are you going with? Who you got? We we even asking them why? Why do we even ask them? Give me the Utes, baby. And I've read a lot of things about uh oh they're coming into the swamp, man. They are not gonna know what to do with that humidity and bit of bruh. Spare me on that. Utah is they were good last year. They're coming in, returning a lot of people. Florida is just figuring it out. Napier is not a believer in that dude. Florida's got talent, and I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to give Utah the win. Mm. Jim, who are you taking? <laughs> give me Florida. Boo. <laughs> you. Uh... Wow. Wow. You know that. I know what my last pick's going to be now. Yep. Easy. Give me, give me Utah. And I, I'm with you, Rand. I don't. 
think going to the swamp is as big of a deal as Florida fans think it is. No, I agree. When you sing Tom Petty as your like unofficial fight song, nothing's intimidating about that. Yeah, not at all. I want to vibe to that. Take out my cell phone, turn on my flashlight. And and you realize there's some strategy. I'm picking Florida because I knew that more than likely you wouldn't either as well, Daniel. So I'm going to go ahead and try to gain some ground on y'all early when Florida ends up doing it, even though I don't want them to. Well, let me know how, how it feels. Which one was the one I was good at and which one was the one I was sorry at last year? College football is where I sucked in NFL where it was great, right? Yeah. I might start the same trend again. <laughs> Pro- probably. Out the gate. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Jim, who are you taking? Man, I tell you our story, man. Give me Notre Dame. I'm just fucking. I'm, I'm just not. That's you. pick lockdown. Lockdown. Notre Dame. All right, you got. Y'all Notre Dame? know that I would never pick. Look, picking Notre Dame is crazier than picking Florida, and y'all know that. <laughs> Give me Ohio State. And hey, Randy, I ate it on that point spread thing. I didn't realize that a top ten matchup was going to have a seventeen and a half point spread either. Yeah, Ohio State by a trillion. That ain't enough. Notre Dame, no, you suck. Yeah, give me the buck, guys. Hey, uh, let me ask you this, Randy. Will this game, ABC number two against number five, will it be the highest televised game of the season? Absolutely. You not. talk about because you always talk about Notre Dame and their and their ratings, and then you got Ohio State and you got a top five week first nah. you know, opener. Uh, man, that you know what you bring up a good point because it is the opener. But I just feel like once you get down to like you know A and M Alabama at Alabama or. I just feel like that – or you get to the SEC championship game. I, I, you feel I just, confident saying top five, though, at least. Oh, right? for sure. Absolutely. Just because those yeah. are two iconic brands. Opening it up, ABC, yeah, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Down with that. I'm taking the Buckeyes, though. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Jim, I'm going to go to you last. Randy, I'll go to you first. Florida State, LSU, who you got? Mike Norvell, you are on the hot seat, my friend. And your seat is getting hotter because Brian Kelly is going to win for his family. <laughs> Give me the Bayou Tigers, Bayou Bengals, bowl. See, that's the thing. I, I like Mike Norvell. I appreciate Mike Norvell. I like him a lot, you know. And I think he needs to win this way more than – Brian Kelly needs to win for LSU. So I'm going Florida State. They're going to go into that place and they're going to make us see what LSU really is right now. A bare bones, bunch of not very good team. Not not very good. You're trying to get under my skin. It's not going to work. Hey, I got a question for you, Daniel. I talked about on local radio. If, if Norvell was to struggle and Silverfield was to really struggle, and Silverfield ended up no. again. Would you take Norvell back? Yes. What kind of question is that? Absolutely. In a New York second, that would be an upgrade, a quick upgrade. Well, I'm just asking. They asked the question, so I figured I'd ask you. They talked about it on the radio. Yeah. Please tell me there was no one that called in and was like, "No, we don't want. We him don't. Back. He left us. We don't want him back." Those people are. Idiots. You wouldn't have wanted Cal back. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. I would I would have took him back quickly. <laughs> right, right now. No, no. And, and give me LSU, by the way, if you didn't already mark it. What all right? So let, let me ask you this, Jim. 
what does LSU have to finish for you to say, all right, they're moving game. in the right direction? It's a bowl game, right? Got to be, right? It ain't that low. Um, I mean, I, I need at least seven and five. Bro, that roster is is tough. I know. I didn't say they were. I, you know my expectations this year. I told you I completely ate it when they won the national championship, and I said I'll settle for five years of mediocrity after that. Well, I'm going to get probably every bit of it because this is year three. Um, I don't expect big things, but um, I think Brian Kelly needs to to prove at least to get, I'd say, seven and five. Uh, so you're Fair saying enough. you're saying the coach's name puts you, put you in a bowl game. He brought in for eleven all, million in, dollars. Yeah, and he brought in all those transfers. What scares me, and, and me and Randy talked about this a little bit last week, and so we're not going to talk about it too much. I don't like that he's letting the Louisiana boys escape from home. That's a problem for me because that's one of the reasons LSU. Look, y'all know, coach. Whether we're talking about Coach O, whether we're we're even talking about the Mad Hatter, it doesn't matter. Their coaches haven't just been the greatest, but their talent level has been elite. And if you're going to start letting all those homegrown talent boys escape. You're going to struggle. You cannot let Tennessee walk in and take your best recruits. No, you shouldn't. I mean, historically, they have, though. I mean, it doesn't, Les Miles kind of like locked it in, but Tennessee's recruited LSU at Louisiana really well in history. But anyways, we're going to get to go down to Baton Rouge and have a recruiting party on your campus. Mm. Mm. What, do you think, what do you think about that? All right, I'll be, I'll be hanging out with Libby. I'm not worried about it. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. It'll be nice. I get nothing have... on that, Randy. <laughs> nope. You better she's edit on, that not, out. She's not scheduled on the show yet, so we'll see. Yep. All right, guys, let's transition. Pro football last preseason game in the books. A lot of people didn't play. Not not a not a shock, you know, to me. I, I expected that. Some people played. Most people didn't. But. We got to make some picks. We got to make some predictions about the playoffs. So, Jim, you want to start NFC? You want to start AFC? Where where do you where do you want to go? You start, start AFC. You start top to bottom. Start top to bottom. All right. So I pulled up last year's standings just so you get an idea of where everybody finished and you know, kind of you know where you want to go this year. So. Give me right. your 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 seven playoff teams for the AFC. You, the one thing I was going to say is because I told you I didn't want them in order. Do we at least want to pick division winners? Mm, sure. We can start with that. All right. All right. So give me the Bills to win the East, as they did last year. Give me the Bengals again. Give me Randy's Colts because the Titans and the rest of that division are absolute trash. And then the hardest thing for me to say, God, I can't believe it. Give me the Chargers out west. Just, Randy, Justin. Randy's feeling Justin. it. Um, for my wild card teams, give me Baltimore, and then just go ahead and stay out west. Um, give me Kansas City and Randy. I know how you are about Vegas and everything. I, I'm a Russell Wilson guy. Still, give me Denver. Wow, but I believe I. I I believe undoubtedly three teams are coming out of the West when you look at the rest of the AFC. Uh, yep, I agree with that. I I got that for sure. Um, Randy, what you looking at? What you got? Randy got the Titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a uh, – we'll all probably agree there. TB might pick the Patriots. Um, and then we're going to go to the AFC North. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think that that Ravens and Bengals is going to be a really, really tight race, though. But give me the Bengals to win it. Uh, give me the Colts, obviously. They're going to be the lone playoff team from that division because the Titans suck. And then go to the West. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. I picked wow. the Chargers and you didn't. That's Whoa. amazing. Give it to – I just – I really the like The best what quarterback did. in the league is on the Chargers, and you're not he picking is. him? He is, but he doesn't have Devontae Adams on his team. Mm-mm-mm. And he, for yeah, but for my playoff team, I mean, look for my wild card teams. I'm gonna go give me uh give me the Ravens, give me the Chargers, and give me the Chiefs. Let me wow. ask you. Let me ask you before Daniel makes his picks, Randy. I've seen a lot of actual experts, and it's it's mind boggling to even think that think that the Chiefs may not even make the playoffs. A lot of them are saying take the over on their ten, or I mean take the under on their ten wins, like. Because they have the hardest ranked schedule, it said. And then when you look at the West being in the West, like is it is it too far fetched to actually believe that? I mean, is there a possibility the Chiefs might not make it when you look at the West stack and they have they have to play? Um, you know, it talked about they have to play the Bills, the Bengals. And it was they got to go to the Bucks. They they list off their schedule. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I still think when you got and Andy Reid is just a perennial playoff coach. And you still got Patrick Mahomes. And I think people that people say, oh, the guy's overrated. Well, I told you all this last year. Statistically, he's underrated. People talked about he was having a slump, and you looked at it and historically had one of the top 50 greatest seasons of all time. So I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs to make the playoffs. For sure. All right. So for me, I got I got Buffalo. I got, you wanted to pick the Patriots, like Randy said. Though. No, I actually don't have the Patriots in the playoffs. <laughs> Do not. Um, I got Buffalo, I got Cincinnati, I got the Colts, and I got the Chiefs. All right, those are my division winners. When we look at at play, you know, at the West, I think the Raiders and the Chargers get in. Man, y'all hating on Russell Wilson. That's all right. I, that's fine. Yeah, I'm gonna hate on him. I think the Dolphins get in. I think they're much improved. I, I almost picked I, them. I picked them simply because I think they got better. I think they got two wins better this year. I so just don't believe in the two. Raven, but it's not even that. I, I I don't even have a problem with you believing in the Dolphins. I don't think that they'll have a better record than the Ravens. Uh, I don't know. The, the Ravens got better, man. Don't forget, they still got J.K. Dobbins. Still got Lamar. Mark Andrews. They were, they were banged up bad last year. Too. Oh, They're actually healthy. stupid injuries. Yeah, stupid yeah. injuries. True. True. I'm not. I'm not discredited. But I can't believe Jim didn't pick the Browns. I know, bro. We 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 talked about them putting themselves in a position, you know, having an opportunity week eleven, and he just forgot all about his his, his team. I guess mm-hmm. that that bandwagon broke down, and he had to hitch a ride on the the Charger bandwagon that was rolling Man, by. No, I'm not. I'm not hitching the Chargers. I can't believe I picked the Chargers and Randy didn't. I think he only didn't pick them because I did pick them. He doesn't like to pick the same as me. No, I still got him making the playoffs. I just really believe in what the Raiders are doing. And the fact that they came through all this through the whole Gruden thing and they've typically been a, a dumpster fire to have a guy like Derek Carr leading your franchise and for him to get his old college teammate, Devontae Adams, I think that team is going to be scary good. True. All right. 
Jim, let's move over to the NFC. Give me, give me your division winners. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll actually let Randy go first. I went first last time. All right. We're, let's let's start off here at the uh, at the top here in the NFC least. Let me get the Cowboys just because I think it's similar similar to what we have going on in our division. Not a very good division, and uh, so one team from there. And then give me the Packers. They're going to run away with that division because it's not very good either. And then for the South, I'm going to take the Bucks to win. I think the Saints could probably beat them twice, and they'll still somehow win because you know that's just what they do. And they got terrific Tom. And then. So then for the West, oh, that's easy, Rams. And then my playoff teams, man, this is uh, – give me the Saints to be in a wild card. Give me the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles. You yeah. just told – you just said you just no. Said, yeah. Yeah, I, I lied. I lied. I wanted to go between the 49ers. I just don't believe in the Trey Lance thing. And I know they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think they're going to put themselves in a hole. I really want to pick the 49ers. I like that team, but I just got a feeling, man. The Eagles are, you know what? Scratch it. Give me the 49ers. Mm. Just like that. Just like both, that. I'm out on both, the Eagles. I got both of them. Just wait. All right. Well, we've waited long enough, so let us know. <clears throat> Winners of the East, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, Lord. The North, the Green Bay Packers. The South, the New Orleans Saints. The West, the Rams. Rocker. Dude, anyway, uh, wild card teams. Give me the 49ers, give me the Bucks, and give me the Cowboys. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Um, for me, I got uh, Cowboys for sure, definitely. Packers, hate to say it, but yeah. Give me the Bucks and give me the Cardinals. Those are my division winners. Give me the Saints. Hopping in the playoffs, give me the Rams in the playoffs, and I'm going to go 49ers. I, I agree with you, Randy. I could easily see them in, but I could also easily see them not making it for obvious reasons. Um, I think, I don't know. Do you think this whole Garoppolo thing has been just botched and just an, an, a non-issue or an issue when it should have been a non-issue? Yeah, and I think they could have – I think what they did today on both sides was kind of a PR save. Look, we're going to restructure your deal, get you a little bit of money up front, but it's a one-year deal. You're a free agent after this because they know in the back of their mind, and if I'm Trey Lance, I'm looking at this like, okay, well, they really don't believe in me like they said they did. And also, Trey Lance, you need to go to Tom Brady's hair guy because things aren't looking good but, for you at a young age. So, so, look, guys, here's why. I listened to a whole segment on the radio um, about the 49ers and the – the guy was talking about as long as Lance doesn't try to do too much, because when you look at Debo and Kittle and Iuk, and then you got three running backs and you know how well they run the ball. And then they have a stout defense. As long as he doesn't try to do too much and use utilizes what's around him, there's so much talent around him offensively and defensively. There's no reason that team should be in the playoffs. But I think what we've seen is that that's not really his game. He does push it, and that's part of the reason why Kyle Shanahan likes him so much. Maybe he, maybe he put you know we don't. I'm not saying I want him to get injured, but maybe he just pushes it and gets hurt in the first week, and Jimmy G just takes his spot where he should be. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me ask you all this: who who has more wins this year, the Lions or the Chicago Bears? Lions. Lions. That I actually sorry, think sorry, that Mike. team is that team. I, I mean, I think Mike. 
would admit it. I think the Lions are an up and coming team, and it may be just because I'm biased from the hard knocks thing, but I I really like what he's what Campbell's doing with that team. Yeah, and I, I think, like Jared Goff. I think he got a bad rap. I think the Lions have potential to finish second in that division. I mean, I can't believe y'all didn't pick, you know, when we're talking about these other teams, I can't believe y'all didn't pick Carolina and Baker Mayfield to, like, do some work. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No. You see that dime? You see that dime he threw? I actually think that he'll be fine, but that team is not very good. How how many weeks do you give him McCaffrey before he gets hurt? Mm, uh, Three. (laughs) Daniel? Yeah, he's going to come up with some, like, Liz Frank injury or some like turf toe or some like uh hamstring issue and it'll be a lingering thing that keeps them out the entire season. All right. Here's my Cowboys question for you, Daniel. Does is this the year where Tony Pollard out touches Zeke? No. I think it's gonna go the other way. I think Zeke I takes think back Zeke's over the crown. Have a, I think Zeke's gonna have a good year. Me I think too. don't get me wrong, I think Tony Pollard's gonna have a good season. Um, but I think they're going to utilize him in a different way. Because, I mean, right now, it's just you're almost handcuffed because you got it. You know what the guy can do. And when you don't give him the football, it's like, what are we doing here? Um, and I, I think, think they're going to put him in wide out some. You think Not so? as a wide out, but I think they're going to like a scat back, like a slot guy, because Pollard can do that. And Zeke, it, and not yeah. that he can't, but he's not that guy. Daniel, are you going to get all in your feels when Dallas plays Philly and Pollard and Kenneth Gainwell are like going off? No, I hope I hope they do well. I'm I'm going to enjoy. I'm saying like you're going to love seeing the Memphis backs. It's it's running back you, man. You got you know the Rams got uh, Henderson. Hey, and now that the Commanders running back start running back got shot, Gibson back in the mix, baby. Back in the fold, man. Right there. You think he hired a hit, man? Yeah, Gibson was like, hey, hey, bro. I got, I got something for you. Steal his car, but shoot him right. Don't hurt him, but like right in the leg. Like, and I didn't, I actually didn't know that story, and it makes sense because I actually drafted Gibson in my latest league, and he was way higher on the board than when I was doing my original mock drafts. And now I know why, fellas. Yeah, yeah, starting nah, guy. Because Gibson had pretty much been relegated to kickoffs now. Yeah, he struggled bad last year. I know from I had him in fantasy last year, and that dude fell off. Well, it's a new year. He's. New team, new name, new year, new new everything. Daniel, I'm pretty sure if they do it like they do every other year, I think me and you'll play each other week one. We always seem to. That's fine. I'm I'll enjoy that. Nice uh nice little rivalry to start the season. What I got no beef that? with you. I got no beef with you. There's too many other people in that league I, I dislike way more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I, I see it. I hear it. I feel it. <laughs> All right, guys, last call. Jim, you got anything? Uh, Yeah, man. Obviously went to uh, the Attitude Fights uh, in Memphis. Man, first ever live fights. uh, Makes me want to apologize to Randy even more for never going to the V3 fights, Um, especially when Scotty, you know, hooked us up with uh, such close seats right there. Um, Got to see both our guests, uh, you know, Trevor Wallace and Brandon Gator uh, win by TKO in the first round. Got to meet Rampage, see a bunch of other good fights. Completely packed out crowd, Daniel. Very, very, very impressed. Um, They got another event um, towards the end of October. Count me in now. Um, They got a fan of me, especially those guys. Both those guys are going to try to be on the card again, and so I'm absolutely all for it. I, I actually feel bad for the guy, the Brandon Gator, 
when he kicked him, he was down and he thought the fight was over and they told him it wasn't. And so that poor guy took like 10 shots to the head because they didn't just go ahead and call it then. Hey, they should have. I saw that. Just hammer on the <laughs> yeah, dude. Just, dude. Just meat, meat hammers to the dome. Should have just called it. I mean, and my man did the back roll and then the and beat on his chest and winked at a rampage. That's my favorite part. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, Jim. Does in off the bench have a chance to be on some shorts? Fighter shorts on the dick. We, we were already asked to be. And I actually actually and I actually said exactly what you would expect me to say. I said make sure Randy's face is on the junk and we're good. Yep, right there in the middle. Can we get on the like? What would it cost to get on the cage, the mat? I won't. Let's let's put some blood all over your face. <laughs> but no, I really did, Randy. He goes, he uh, Scotty mentioned it. He goes, man, we need to get you on some shorts. Uh, we need to get to the podcast on some shorts. And I said, as long as you can make sure Randy's face is directly in the junk. And he's like, we'll see what we can do. Nice. And we all have right. to be offset though. That'd be kind of like, hard to do, really. Okay. Daniel, Daniel, it'd actually be you because you're the center face. And if the logo was centered, my guy. Hey, I do what I do, man. Take one for the team. Whatever it takes. Randy, what you got? I'm going to go local, man. The uh, Lila had uh, her team, uh, the Illusions 14U, had a scrimmage against the Illusions 16U showcase team Saturday out there in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And so we go down there. It's hot as hell. I don't know what y'all doing down there. And y'all got bugs like crazy down there, bro. But anyway, long story short, you know, we, we first pitch comes off. And obviously, you know, these girls are bigger, stronger, faster. They're more mature. And game gets to going, man. And they're just, hey, three, four innings in. We're hanging right there, man. Made a few mental errors. Ended up losing the game by one run. But really impressed by what I saw from this team that's only been practicing together for three to four weeks. So uh, got to see a lot of people that I uh, used to play softball against and with. Uh, so it's always good to see that, you know, Lacey Patterson, Stacey Knight, everybody doing their thing. A um, lot of talent in this organization, man. And I like being the big organization, getting to play that. And so it was good, man. Everybody played good. Lila uh, moved around a little bit. DB, you like that? A little versatility. Played a little everywhere on the infield. Had pitchers playing outfield. Don't know about that one. But, hey, so, lost game by one run. So I got a question for you, Randy. You play – she plays for a team out of South Haven now. When do I get an invite to a game, my guy? Well, uh, if they played games and well, they, you know, they will. You know, we played. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say they they wouldn't play at Greenbrook and stuff. They have tournaments there all the time. We do play. We played. I think we played one get one tournament at Greenbrook, but all of them are in Oxford and. Oh well, that Greenbrook one. I better have my invitation, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played there like five times last year. You didn't show up, but it's fine. You didn't tell me. It's worldwide news, Jim. It's on the Twitter. Damn. B. Franklin said she's gonna be there. Ivy Davis, the whole thing. We're all in. It's it's going down. Don't worry. Illusions Don't for life. Illusions for life and B. Franklin for life. I want to thank B for joining us tonight. It's been an awesome episode getting to know her, getting her story. If you like hearing B's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody next time. We got episode 11 coming at you. We got Memphis football on deck. We're going to be talking to Quindell Johnson. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time.
We out.